Popcorn Poops is brought to you by Audible.com. Please visit audibletrial.com slash popcornpoops for a free audiobook and free 30-day trial of their subscription service. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. Audible.com is offering a free audiobook download to listeners of Popcorn Poops along with a 30-day trial of their services. This week we're recommending If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor, written and narrated by Bruce Campbell. To download this or another audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash popcornpoops. Be sure to visit the correct URL so they know we sent you, and you'll be helping to support our show. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash popcornpoops for your free audiobook. We are the Popcorn Poops. Hey everyone and welcome to Popcorn Poops, the best married couple movie podcast slash commentary track hybrid audio program on the internet. My name is Jessica. And I'm Dustin. This month our theme is terrible movies we loved as kids, and my pick for this week's episode is Brian Spicer's 1995 film Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Movie. If you are syncing this recording up to the movie, go ahead and start the film and then press pause as soon as the 20th Century Fox Vanity card completely fades to black. It's time to start the movie. Sinkers, press play at the beep after the countdown. Ready? Three, two, one. And we're starting a new month. This is going to be fun, I think. Yeah. Uh, and as I explained last week, I had so much fun doing our bad horror movies that I just wanted to keep the momentum going and continue to do some bad movies and, you know, riff a little bit. Uh, so we are now going to pick apart some of uh, some of our nostalgia picks, I guess, as children and and uh, throw our throw ourselves under the bus, so to and speak. And you get to pick this theme because it's your birthday. Mark. That's right. That it is my birthday. My so birthday happy is almost birthday, Dustin. Almost my birthday. Uh, I turned twenty nine on the thirteenth on May thirteenth. Oh, good. Oh, good. Almost done with my twenties. Yay! Anyway, uh, yeah, this is uh, Brian Spicer's masterpiece from nineteen ninety five. Mighty Morphin, no, no apostrophe, but certainly no G. At I the put end an apostrophe of, in in my notes. How dare you! Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, and as you can see from the the title card here, Mighty Morphin is actually not a part of the title card on the home video release only. The theatrical release of the movie had a full title, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. They changed it for the home video release for some reason. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, the the at the top of this movie we get we get a bit of I don't know it's kind of a Star Wars kind yeah, of yeah we've feel, got like right? the scrolling text going on and who's who's narrating it is it Dulcia I think it's Dulcia a character that pops up later in the film but any any time a movie first of all starts with the 20th Century Fox logo and fanfare uh, and then goes right into a star field with a, a text crawl to set up the world and the story look at Kimberly laughing so like casually about bulk and skull just about to jump out of a plane without a parachute. Yes, about to die, really die. They were going to um, die. Mm-hmm. Yes. This, <laughs> Gosh, um, silly guys. But yes, this 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 movie starts off trying to be Star Wars and then quickly becomes something else entirely. I don't even I don't know how you would describe this movie to someone that wasn't familiar with the Power Rangers. And this I remember my father taking me to see this movie. And I just want to say that the I think the opening text is probably for parents who have no context to understand what's going on and just to give them any kind of grounding whatsoever to get them through the next 90 minutes. 
<laughs> but I'm I'm going to start what is probably going to be a, a, an ongoing theme for this month, which is apologizing to my parents. <laughs> I have to apologize to my father specifically because he took um, my brother and I to uh, rather my brother and me to the theater to see this, and I'm I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I definitely didn't see this in theaters. I did, and this um. This might be the most 90s thing that I've sat through in a maybe since the 90s. <laughs> because we start this movie and the Rangers all Okay, wait, wait, wait. Look at this at- moment here. Look, it totally looks like they're they're on one of those. Did you ever go to like those pop-up green screen studios? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like they had them in downtown Gatlinburg and stuff when yeah. I was a kid where you can like pay way too much money and then you get a video of yourself on a flying magic carpet or something like yeah, that something to stupid. like um to country music or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. I have a video of 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 that with me and my brother somewhere. Anyways, that's what the uh skydiving scene looked like yes uh for, for just a second when it switched yeah. to the to the green screen mm-hmm. uh before they they broke but yeah the, this movie is very extreme uh they start the film by jumping out of an airplane all saying their own um catchphrases i guess but i mean it's not really catchphrases because they all they i mean catchphrases in implies that implies that they repeat those things and they always have a different quip well, the Yellow Ranger jumps out first, and her name is Aisha. So we'll just introduce the characters here. The Yellow Ranger jumps out of the plane first, and her name is Aisha. Uh, I don't know what she says. I can't understand it. It's She jumps out. And then Adam, the Black Ranger, jumps out, uh, and he says, On your tail! And then Billy, who is the smart one. Yeah, he's the... He's the- technology guy he's the geek and you can you can tell that he's the smart one because when he jumps out of an airplane he says systems go all systems go Uh, rocky is the red ranger and he says bonsai so he he is clearly fluent in japanese and tommy's the only one who has something different by the way before it's totally gone he has he has like this air snowboard that he's using so he jumps out and he says surfs up and i'm like surfs up and then it cuts to the you know the, the the angle where you can see that he's got like a kind of snowboard thing that he's going to surf the skies so, with. So this moment right here, <laughs> while we were watching last night, it was pretty It was pretty fantastic because if you watch this scene <laughs> correctly, you can kind of believe that Tommy doesn't speak any English. Right, he, it, maybe he doesn't understand English, and the only thing he knows how to say is, hey, man, thanks. Hey, hey man, thanks. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Hey, 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 man. Thanks. Hey, thanks yeah. a lot. And hey, he man. just... He just smiles a lot. And there, there's this character, this kind of, I guess he's kind of a cipher for the children audience, as though we needed that. This was for kids anyway. And I loved the Power Rangers without having an actual person my age, an actor my age in the cast. But I guess the movie needed this character, Fred, a child named Fred, uh, whose father is a scientist or something? No, he's a firefighter okay, or he's something. A, he's a firefighter, but they're a jump. The reason- oh, look, now they're skating. We went from high diving out of a air, skydiving. Right. Out of I mean, a plane. back to back. Again. And now we're skating. The most 90s thing ever. We, we go from skydiving and tricks to uh, rollerblading. But if we were being tricks. thematically consistent, Tommy should have a skateboard here. That's right. He Everyone should. else should be in rollerblades and he should have he, a skateboard. He definitely should. But. Man, I can't remember the last time I saw something with rollerblading in it. It's I, it's just kind of bizarre to me because it they they're 
just back to back scenes with kind of good song. The soundtrack to this movie is kind of good. Like we start with Higher Ground by Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of the best covers of all time, uh, right into uh, to Free Ride uh, by Dan Hartman, which is an amazing song as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's weird. I guess they paid a little chunk for music licensing. You know, we're painting Bulk and Skull as cowards here and as losers. Mm hmm. And uh, they they just jumped out of a plane for a charity. They certainly did. They certainly did. And we'll talk about how they kind of get thrown under the bus later in the movie as well. For no reason other than... Their Vulcan skull? They're supposed to be the stupid characters. I mean, they're kind of in the, the franchise. And they stuck, they stuck with this franchise for a long fucking Longer time. Longer than anyone. Longer than anyone. I, I want to say it, they stuck with this for like... 10 or 15 years. Yeah, it was a long time. Um, but they're kind of set up in the in the show, the characters Bulk and Skull, as the punk kind of bullies of the school mm. that they go to, Angel Grove High School. Uh, except they're kind of incompetent as bullies when up against the fucking Power Rangers, so they're not really anything. They just end up as like comic relief idiots. And they're also always hanging out with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even though it's clear that they're not really friends with them. So I don't know. It's whenever I see Bulk and Skull, all I can think is that it's kind of a shame that Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy were reincarnated and never managed to do anything but Power Rangers. But you know, at least they got to spend another lifetime together as besties because I mean, reportedly the two actors that play Bulk and Skull are very close, like best friends in real yeah. life. Um Yeah, they have good they have a good charisma together. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, for sure. And and, and I also yeah, think... You said, I want you to say what you said yesterday. Well, I mean, it's not true for the movie. After watching the movie, I found it not to be true. But after the first couple of scenes here, when Bulk and Skull showed up, I was kind of like, uh, are they the best actors in this movie? Yeah, it's... And that's not true, I think, for the movie. But definitely for the TV show, right? Definitely for the TV show. Definitely for the TV show. I think Bulk and Skull are the unsung actors that know what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's because, I mean, they're obviously cheesy. They're yeah, incredibly yeah. cheesy, but they get it. Like, they get the joke. You know, there's a there's a distinct lack of sleeves. There is, but there is an abundance, a distinct abundance of safety padding. So <laughs> You know what's extreme? <laughs> what's extreme? Safety. Safety first. So the so although this movie has uh, a notably higher budget and higher production values than the TV show, it's still like that. Some of the stuff still looks just as shitty as the TV show. Like yeah, the way, really the way they teleport is, I think, the exact same effect that they use in the TV show. <laughs> Pretty sure it is. I don't know. They, the The way this movie cuts corners is is strange. And I here's Zordon and the command center. Now the command center is um it's different than the TV show. It is different than the TV show. It's different than it ever has been in the TV show and I think that's that's kind of weird, but uh someone on Facebook, Brian Clark on Facebook wants us to talk about the command center uh, a little bit because it is in fact a real world location. Oh, is it really? Yes, it's the Brandis Barden campus of American Jewish University. And it's appeared in a lot of stuff, like a lot of TV and movies and things. Besides Power Rangers, it has also appeared in Star Trek IV, The Undiscovered Country, uh, Star cool. Trek The Next Generation, The Lawnmower Man, and Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Really? Yeah, it was the rock and roll museum. But, he, so what is it in he, real life? That he deactivated lasers with his Yes, dick yes, yes, yes. I remember that um, movie. It's it's a it's a campus. It's a campus of the American Uni- American Jewish University. But but I mean that it's that some, room specifically. Oh, that room is a set. 
That's not inside. Oh, 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 I thought that's what you were saying. Oh, no, no, the outside. The outside. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought you were saying there was like some cool archive room or something that people keep going and filming in. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's just a set. (laughs) A kind of shitty set. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the the soundtrack is kind of solid in this movie. I said that. Um, I, I, I might even pick this soundtrack up yeah it's kind you're of gonna a, do that to me good, it's got a devo song on there that's not available on any mm-hmm. actually the devo song is coming up here in a couple scenes when they start fighting ivan oozes hench guys mm. um but yeah devo song devo's good and you can't get the song anywhere else so of course i'm gonna purchase the great movie wonderful soundtrack. i'll just Look forward to do, that. Do you think that there? So you you mentioned something earlier about Jason, the the White Ranger, mm-hmm. who was originally the Green Ranger in the first season of the show. Uh, he's he always has to have something special. Jason, the White Ranger. You oh, I'm sorry, Tommy. Tommy, not Jason. I, I I wrote Jason. Tommy was the first Red Ranger. No, Jason was the first. Oh, wait, Red damn Ranger. it! Well, no, now you see, now you messed me up. I'm sorry. The actor's name is Jason J- Jason David Frank. Oh, okay. But the original Red Ranger was named Jason in the show, yes, so good. I get that mixed up sometimes. Anyway, Tommy always has to have something special, mm-hmm. always. Uh, and that's been his shtick forever, and I th- I think that when he co- when he came into the Power Rangers, he became the de facto leader because he has something special. Like when he was the Green Ranger, he had the little like chest shoulder pad thing and a flute that summoned the dragon sword and when he was the white ranger like he is in this movie he's, he's got that little sword thing he's got more pat like shoulder pads and the little sword saba i think yeah. its name is um I, I i would like to see a story where they explain or explore rather the infighting <laughs> and the jealousy that must go and on. And how the Red Rangers just like, what the hell, man? Well, that's the crazy thing is that that as soon as a new leader shows up, the Red Ranger loses an archetype. Like he's yeah. just, he's a void. And I think that one thing that you can say about Power Rangers in general, and it's especially clear in this movie, is that they all have archetypes, I guess, but they make every decision as a group. Yeah. There is no there is no even when they're fighting. Even when they're fighting, it's like, yeah. okay, let's do this move together. Yeah, exactly. They they Up do everything over. together. The the Rangers are a singular character. Yeah. It's one yeah. character. Just different colors. Right. It's just different colors. And that I think that's why the, the, the colors is an interesting thing to me because that's how you're supposed to tell them apart. Yeah, and because for, because they don't bother to like right. actually make them people. They just act as a unit. They don't actually have their own characters. But if you want to separate them by their archetypes, then of course you can say stuff like, you know, Billy's the smart one and Kimberly's the pink one. She, yeah. <laughs> that's That's where it's it's when that's when Power Rangers especially in the first season becomes extremely problematic cuz when you break them down by like try to break them down by archetypes or personality types, you inevitably get to the point where you're like, "Okay, Jason's the leader and then Tommy's the new leader making Jason nothing." Uh <laughs> Billy's the smart one, okay. Uh, Kimberly's the one. Kimberly's the girl that and is that's, interested in the leader, right? That and that's that's the problem is that you get to Kimberly and you're like, okay, Kimberly's the girl, 
Is is that enough? Well, but I mean, in you know Japanese Sentai shows, generally there is only one girl on the team, right? Like it's usually yeah. just the Pink Ranger. Yeah, typically, and that's her archetype is that she's the girl. So, like, if you look back, it's super fun. If you look back on the first season of Power Rangers, mm. and uh, you know, for people, I I assume everybody knows that that like the fight scenes are from the original Japanese shows. Right? Yeah, a lot of them. Most most people Mo- know that. Yeah, yeah. I think that the that what they did for Power Rangers was they just they filmed, they wrote and filmed yeah. all the stuff in Angel I think Grove. His name, the, the guy's name that that originally did this his name is like Haim Saban I think his name is uh and he took the original show which was uh kill kill you sentai zoo rangers Zoo Danger. kill you killed you sentai zoo danger yeah and uh, he took that show and stripped out all of the stuff with actors outside of costumes recast those roles put teenagers in them american teenagers uh and then just kind of cut and, and just dubbed and the over Japanese the footage, yeah. the Japanese footage. So basically, I mean, they made it so easy for themselves because all yeah. the costumes, all the monsters, all that kind of stuff, they didn't have to do any they of didn't. that. Eventually, they they did eventually, right? You know, and and I'm sure there were there are probably mm. moments where like they had to mock something up to. Of course, they had to have a scene where there was like an actor that wasn't you know Japanese in a scene with someone right. in costume. Yeah, but for the most part, um, they were just copying pasting and dubbing over and then like filling in the spaces in the old in the old like in the newer seasons you can't really tell uh because everything shot basically at the same quality Mm. but you could really tell in the old show well and what i was going to say is that one of the biggest things with the old show is that the yellow ranger in in the morphin suit costume is clearly a dude clearly a dude like you can see the package there's bold (laughs) There's bullet. And, and the pink ranger has a little skirt and the yellow ranger doesn't because I mean there's a penis there. Right, so. exactly, exactly. So the the pink if you've ever wondered why the pink ranger is one of two girls but only she gets the skirt, it's because originally the yellow <laughs> ranger was a dude in the Japanese show. But I mean that's fine. And uh, again, if you're talking about their archetypes, you move beyond okay, the pink ranger's the girl and now you move on to Trini, the original yellow ranger yeah. and you're like, okay, Trini's the Asian, uh, and then <laughs> Zach is the black guy. Yeah, let's let's talk about That's let's talk problem. about this right here because this is one of the most horrible things that that you ultimately, when talking about the Power Rangers, have to talk about, which yes. is the first cast. So the first cast we had Jason, the Red Ranger, Trini, the Yellow Ranger, who was Asian, Billy, the Blue Ranger. Kimberly, the pink ranger, and Zach, the black ranger who was black. Right. And (laughs) now eventually Jason, Trini, and Zach leave for a peace conference in Switzerland. Sure. (laughs) And we get Rocky, the red ranger, Adam, the black ranger who is Asian, right? And Aisha, the yellow ranger who is black. So they just switched the colors around to fix the super not socially acceptable race issue. And the real question is, what's worse? That the show creators thought that pairing the non-white cast members with their racist color associations was the obvious way to go? Or that they honestly didn't see their fuck up till too late? I mean, both are pretty bad, but... I mean... (laughs) 
This it's one of those two options, and that's horrible. So this is this is the the transformation sequence. This is the first time we get to see the Power Rangers as Power Rangers in the film, and it is the strangest moment. It it's one of the strangest moments in the movie because they just come off of this fight scene where they're fighting in their civvies, right? They're they're fighting just mm. in their in their regular clothes, and they keep acting like they're so in danger. And what are we gonna do, guys? And I'm like, I don't know, Ex- morph. Yeah. So they morph and. As soon as they do this huge, like, epic morph scene and you expect them to jump right back into the action, they step forward and all of the monsters are gone. They're like, oh, where did they go? And okay. It's like, and and crickets. now it's the end of the scene. It is. It's like crickets. Like, you can almost hear the crickets like, oh, no one was impressed. Uh and then that's another weird thing is that, that the transfer, for transformation sequence is another place where they strangely cut corners. The costumes, the suits are clearly higher in production value and higher in detail mm. in the movie yeah. than they are in the show. In the show, they're basically like spandex yeah. with plastic helmets. But in the show, it looks like they're more... Like, I heard they were heavy, too. I heard they were like 40 pounds or oh, something. Really? And that well, the girls were having back problems see, while they were filming. And they, they they look like they're made of like solid plastic or some kind of polymer or something like that. And uh, and after they, they... When they transform, there's no indication that they're transforming in any way. It's It's literally a cut. Like they 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 announce their uh, they you know whatever their spirit animal their spirit dinosaur is <laughs> <laughs> they announce their spirit dinosaur and the little power coin comes out of their morpher the little thing that they hold up uh-huh. and it just cuts and they've got the suit on even in the original show when they did the transformation sequence the last one was always the Red Ranger uh, Tyrannosaurus and it would always show like his face with like this grid pattern on it and the helmet would appear so there was some semblance of like a transformation occurring mm-hmm. but in but the, none of that in this. nothing like that in this we just show them flipping around they do it twice too i don't know if you noticed this but they do it twice the first time they do it they just did it and then later in the movie when they have their ninja gear on like they get their ninja gear and then they take off their hoods and the little masks on the ninja clothes and then later when they have to fight something again they announce their new spirit animals and the transformation is just a cut, and it goes from their masks are down to the masks are up. Like, so they didn't have to put their masks back up? That's the that's their great power? Yep. Good. That was it. Wow. Uh, I, I, Zordon looks weird to me. <laughs> he does. But, I mean, come on. Zordon, of course. Zordon always being the weird, weird looking. alien mentor of Interdimensional the being. That's what the opening text called him, an interdimensional being. I've read him described as a wizard on some wiki pages and stuff. Okay. They they say in this movie, and they, I'm sure in the show too, that he is Zordon of Eltar. I guess mm-hmm. that's the planet he comes from. And he, in the show, it just looks like a big floating bald headed dude. Mm-hmm. Yes. It also kind of looks like that in this, but he's clearly got like prosthetics on and he looks kind of like... You know Ray in Ghostbusters 2 when he gets possessed by Vigo <laughs> and he turns around from the painting and he's like, no, I, Vigo. It, you're right. <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like possessed Ray from Ghostbusters 2, which is really weird. Um, one thing, <laughs> one thing I, they just did it so it cracked me up. Uh, one thing that, that really makes me laugh about the Power Rangers in the suits that I totally forgot about as a, as a child from when I was a child is that Every minor movement. Every movement. Every every head nod. Everything. Every like thumbs up. Is accompanied by a. 
<laughs> and like that first moment when they've got the suits on and they're all like nodding at each other, it's like it's so pervasive. It it almost feels like self parody. Yeah. That's how pervasive yeah. it is. It it seems it, it's it's got someone who's in charge of something on here. The editor, somebody has to be like, I'm just going to do this because it's hilarious to me. They do that arm thing all the time. Like the pull down, like fist thing. Yeah. Like the constantly, yeah, like kind of every thing. time they do anything, they do that. Yeah. Oh, it's man. Um, and we're, we're in an action sequence right here. And the, the range of movement with every these... time they hit one of the monsters, there's like a bell gong. Isn't and, that great? Or a fart sound. <laughs> I don't mind the bell as much as the, the farts have got to go. Like, I get it. Like, they're theming or something. They're theming with the fucking ooze and shit. Like, the ooze is gross, so farts and... Oh, gr- it's gr- like gr- this gr- movie's just, like, one long advertisement for Gak. Oh, absolutely. And uh, actually, you said that they actually sold... I thought they did, but I guess they didn't because I couldn't find anything. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, you had said yesterday that you thought that they sold Ivan's ooze, like, in the yeah, store. Yeah, but I couldn't like find anything. And, and usually the internet has that on their someone's got you know an unopened box in their this, this cupboard movie, i mean the way the, on the, internet. the villain that they established for this movie the character ivan ooze who is who is played by paul freeman uh probably best known for playing renee belloc in raiders of the lost ark what have you done to belloc <laughs> brian spicer you monster um <laughs> uh, but yeah if it, if it wasn't for paul freeman being the great actor that he is and he's hamming it the fuck up in this movie. I think that Bulk and Skull would be the best actors in this. Yeah, but it's clearly yeah, Paul yeah, Freeman. Yeah, um, he's kind of fun to watch in this. He gets, mm, he gets to chew the, the lines are so the bad though. The bad. dialogues the are writing. It's really it's bad. Dire. It is dire. Everything is just another bad. And that. Sort oh my god. The, the moment there when they kick that slime guy's head and it's just like. Oh, and it does that cartoon. The cartoon like, thing with his eyes bug bull, out. No, this movie does represent kind of a weird. Um, intersection, I think, of Japanese tokusatsu shows, tokusatsu meaning literally special effects. Mm. Uh, and this is a whole genre of shows over here. There are a bunch of these kind of shows like Kamen Daida and, of course, the ongoing Sentai Ranger series that that, that spawned the Power Rangers in the United States. Um, but this in Japan is very, I think, culturally relevant or it's culturally ingrained, maybe not relevant, but ingrained. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this movie, because it is an American production of something that was ultimately based on a Japanese property, uh, you see like weird influences like crossing. Like this is so much like Power Rangers meets Nickelodeon, you mm, know? Yeah. Like the the ooze the thing ooze is, and stuff. is obviously just a take on the slime mm-hmm. that Nickelodeon made popular in the 90s. Even the the temple, I was joking last night, when we get to the temple and the oh, monolith yeah, thing, right, it looks did... like the, what was it called? Uh, Legends Legend of the, of the Hidden, Hidden Temple. temple? Or, yeah. You know, with all, 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 all Mac. I don't know. The, I, I really big, didn't watch TV as a kid. I watched face. this. You did. Um, this is your pick. Yeah. Uh, and to be it fair, th- I think that uh, on any other week where I pick a terrible movie that I loved as a child, this you would have picked this. I too. could. I yeah. could very well have picked this one. Um, but I, I'm interested in why you loved why you loved this movie so much. Um, but- Power Rangers was a thing to me that was like. As a kid, like not that no, not that anyone can't like whatever the fuck they want to like. Um, My Little Pony's a very, very good example of that. But uh, as a kid, I would have said Power Rangers is boy stuff, mm. right? This is a boy thing. 
So what was your relationship with Power Rangers as a child? I mean, well, the main thing is I really didn't watch TV as a kid. I played outside. And I was a tomboy, too. Like, that's definitely a factor. I was I was way more interested in going outside and getting dirty uh, than I was in anything else. So, um, so for me to be into a quote-unquote boy show, what isn't, I guess looking back, it's not that strange for me. But but on the other hand, though, I I had a best friend, a girl, who we would watch everything with, uh, I would watch everything with, and we'd like sit on the phone and watch Power Rangers together in the afternoon. And the thing is, is that... I did that with shows too. Not, but, not this, but yeah. But we were into it, I mean... <clears throat> I liked the thrill of the fighting and of the high stakes, you know, life or death. And of course, it never was. But as a no, kid, it felt not. like it was. And but I liked that coupled with the romance. Honestly, there it, was, it was an the element, romance. There was thing an for element. Me. It was of that Tommy there. and Kimberly. It yeah. was all about seeing if they were going to kiss or do whatever happens after you kiss right to a child that's that's all like that's the hazy area yeah i god i want him to kiss so bad and then do the thing you do after that whatever that is that sounds cool what i want yeah um and and i was but it's funny looking back on this because because i was totally into power rangers because i i wanted to see um basically i wanted to see kimberly get in trouble so Tommy could save her so then maybe they could kiss and do what happens next. And now I look back on this and that is the thing I hate the most about this show. Is that that is that she's, she's always in she's, trouble. Well, she's always in trouble. In this movie, she gets damseled like three, three times? times, at least yeah. three times, something like that. No, granted, I mean she she. To, but to be fair, all of the Rangers get in trouble, mm-hmm. maybe except for Tommy. <laughs> uh, all of the Rangers get in trouble in various ways and kind of need to be saved by other Rangers. But when Kimberly gets in trouble, it's always Tommy who saves. Her. It's always specifically Tommy who saves her, and it's always in a case where she doesn't fight back. And and it's she, sometimes her calling out and being like, Tommy, help! Right, exactly. Like, come save me. And in, in other cases, guys will, you know, people will get in trouble. And instead of them being like, come save me, uh, other people will see, other rangers will see that they're in trouble and be like, I'm coming to help you right now. And, you know, I've got your back. You know, that yeah. kind of whatever stupid catchphrase they get, they're going to use. Um, but yeah, we've got a, we got a little robot buddy here. Alpha, Alpha 5. Alpha 5. Yeah, that was the only voice I could do as a child. And I mean, it still is, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Are you going to give no, us No, I'm not okay. going to. Um, no, never. Yeah, the, uh, the, the whole thing about Zordon. So we saw Ivan Ooze walk into the, the command center here and use his little flute to destroy this place. Uh, and he's talking about all of the things he missed in the 6,000 years that he was imprisoned in his his giant purple egg. Uh, and he says, like, the Spanish Inquisition, the Black Plague, very kind of Beetlejuice type of things. Like, mm. Beetle, there's a there's a, some stuff in Beetlejuice where he talks about how living, he lived through the Black Plague and he had a good time during that and all that kind of shit. It's, it seems like they're going for a similar thing. Actually, there's another kind of subtle reference to Beetlejuice in this scene right here that I'll, if I remember, I'll bring it up. Um, but then he destroys the command center 
Oh, he also mentions the Brady Bunch reunion. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Like, if, if you don't know what, the, like, I don't know how he knows what any of the things are. If he's... Un- unless he got like a super speed up info dump between the time his egg cracked and the time the Power Rangers showed up, which was like five minutes. Well, he says fifteen minutes. He 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 actually says that he just got out fifteen minutes ago. Okay, yeah. So in fifteen minutes, somehow he now has all the knowledge. He learned about of the pop black culture, play. right? And history. He, if we're to believe what is being said, he's been imprisoned underground for six thousand years. So since, uh, you know, 4000 BCE, basically. Uh, and what was going on during what was going on on Earth during 4000 BCE? All right, let's see. The Near East and Southern Europe were in the Copper Age. Uh, Northwestern Europe was in the Neolithic Age. China was dominated by the Neolithic Yangshao culture. And the Americas were in a phase of transition between the Paleo-Indian and the Meso-Indian stage. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening Mm 6,000 years ago. And he comes out talking about the Brady Bunch reunion. Exactly. Um, Which is a... It's supposed to be a joke. It's a weird joke because how do you contextualize... Like, how, how how do you understand what how what significance the reunion of the Brady Bunch has if you don't know what the fucking Brady Bunch is. Or TV. Or t- <laughs> Right. Right, exactly. Um but yeah, he destroys the command center and then when the Rangers find it, Zordon is all laid out like not a giant head in a tube, like a a body with a robe on mm-hmm. surrounded by crystals. It's it's very kind of uh Fortress of Solitude, mm-hmm. Superman yeah, yeah. kind of imagery, I think, which I believe is probably intentional. Oh, this was nice. The the hack and the loogie thing across the room. Oh, yeah. The the Beetlejuice reference that uh, I, of course, forgot is when Rita's talking to him. Rita Repulsa is talking to him. He throws the slime across the room and it sticks to her mouth to shut her up, which is kind mm, of, yes. kind of yeah, like... Yeah, with the, the, the zipper and the then zipper the plaque. The zipper and the steel plate, yeah. yeah. Um, these, these guys right here... These were the third like henchman enemies from the show, uh, and he refers to them in the film. Ivan Ooze, that is, refers to them as Tengu warriors. Yes, right? but I think actually now I don't know what you're going to say. Okay, but me... you go ahead. You say what you're going to say first. Well, in the show, in the show, they refer to them as Tenga, Tengu warriors. But Tengu is actually something in in Japanese or in Japanese right. folklore and culture. It's a yokai. Yeah, it's a yokai or like a, a Japanese spirit, and they can take on uh, a variety of different like forms. Uh, there are different styles of tengu or different. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if you call them species or whatever because it's a mythological creature. Uh, but they they can take the form of crows as we see them in this movie. And these particular tengu in, in folklore are called karasu tengu or crow tengu. Mm. So I don't know if they corrected it for the show specifically or corrected it for the movie rather specifically or I I was actually going to compliment them on doing any research at all. Yeah. Like doing, because yeah. well I mean for one thing though Tengu like the the most common depiction of Tengu these days is with a like a very human long nose, a creature with like a very long nose. Um that's what I think of when I think of Tengu, but Apparently, the earliest this, guy, this skeleton that they find is on this so planet, cool. It is super cool. It's the coolest thing in this movie. I was just about to say it's the most interesting thing we've seen in this movie so far. This giant skeleton with horns and like a, a like a steampunk eyeglass thing. It's got like a headset on or something. Like, what's that about? I want more about. I want to know what happened. Well, to that I guy. guess like, it was it was when she says the this beach is littered with the bodies of those who tried to find the power and failed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he is, but. Like I want to know his story, man. I want to fight him. Exactly that giant creature. Like it's it, it's 
like there was thought put into that. Yeah. It's it was obviously more than just some big dumb creature that died and here's its skeleton. It's a big creature who is clearly big and scary and strong and but, technologically advanced. And technologically advanced to some degree. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I want to know about that. And of course we never see it or no, reference no, it again. No, of course not. Um but yeah, what I was saying though is that the earliest depictions of of Tengu are are as a bird-like creatures with beak noses and and human features or with beaks and human features so so i i want to applaud them actually for doing some research speaking of human features who knew that zordon was a humanoid at all that i I think that always that that messed with me with me when i was a kid when i saw him laid up in that in the command Mm -hmm. center i'm like oh he has a body like weird he's not just a and who was it that said something i think it was like uh Rocky or Adam? Adam the Black Ranger says that he's dying because he's outside of his time warp. Yeah, whatever the hell that doesn't means. mean fuck all to me. Like yeah. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Uh, so here we're seeing Ivan Ooze and Goldar and this pig thing, pig creature. Do you know its name? No, I don't know its name either. It they- wasn't it just for this movie. Wasn't the pig? I know Goldar's from the show. No, I think the pig was in the TV show. He was too. in the show too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, clearly. Yeah, this movie it's also is focusing on this movie is also full of swipe transitions because it wants to be Star Wars, I guess. Mm. Even though it's totally so, not. let's watch this montage of walking for a while. That's going to go on for a long time. They have like four back-to-back walking scenes. Oh it's like man, a, it's like one of those Tommy and Kimberly movies. alone. This is what I was waiting for so hard as a child. It's a good thing that they can just... they can breathe on this planet. Yeah, it is good that they've never been to before. And I was just blue balled again and again and again with this show. I mean, do you remember the episode? He has a yin yang necklace on. Did you notice that? Yes, he does. Because, all, all cool guys. Because did. of course he does. Um, did do you remember the episode where they? Well, I mean, you probably didn't care about this specifically like I did, but me and my friend, uh, who I watch Power Rangers with regularly, um. We were on the phone freaking out when they did a preview for the next episode. Mm. And it was like, somebody's getting married. And they kept showing clips of Tommy and Kimberly almost kissing. And we were like dying. And Did they ever kiss in the show? I think they do. Do they? Because they don't in this movie. I think they do. Um, and uh, and then, of course, like... He it touches was... her shoulder. <laughs> which is... That's pretty far. Basically the... Then you know the next step. I is, mean, it's basically like third base, right? Right. I mean, the yeah. I mean, the next step is, is a baby butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> butt stuff. Um, but then, of course, the episode turned out to be Rita and Zed getting married. Oh right. Okay. Because she made him drink a love potion or something like that. I don't right. remember. I was so I was so pissed off. Oh look, devastated. Kim- Kimberly needs help. <laughs> Shocker! Yeah, and she screams when the when the Tengu like first me. shows up. She's like screaming, and I, I mean she's a fucking Power Ranger. Why is she screaming? No one else. Tommy doesn't scream. No one else screams because she's a girl. You know. This- also, why is Kimberly dressed like a skank and Aisha <laughs> oh is not? She she has agency over her wardrobe and she, she does. can wear she does. whatever the fuck. Uh, and she I can't wants. say anything when we're compared. compared well, here's to Dulcia. Dulcia. <laughs> yeah, but Dulcia looks like a badass seventies fantasy yeah, chick. She's so. like a she's like a Xena meets Witchblade with a stick. Yeah, she's awesome. I love her. She um, does. She does look like she came right out of a 
out of a really bad 70s fantasy movie. Yeah, I really love her costume. But actually, I really don't care that Kimberly's dressed the way that she is. I don't care at all. She can wear whatever. Anyone can wear whatever they want. But my real comment is actually not that. It's that why is she dressed uh, in a promiscuous way with the, you know, cut off shirt and all that kind of stuff and the short shorts. But Aisha has a sweatshirt on. Right. That's the real statement I have to make here. Well, it's not what Kimberly's wearing, but how much well, Aisha is I mean, wearing he- in comparison. Here's the thing. All of the... Every single person in this group, except for Aisha, doesn't have sleeves. Doesn't even have sleeves. They're, I mean, everybody's showing a fair amount of skin. They all look like SoCal beach bum type kids, you know, that... That hang out all day on the beach and get tans and stuff like that. And Aisha and and Kimberly has a the, midriff, and Aisha has a full like to full the neck sweatshirt. sweatshirt. Yep, <laughs> it's, it's weird because weird. Kim- Kimberly and Aisha are wearing the colors aside the exact same thing below the waist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the same brand. Yeah, Bra- same must be the same. The brand, same socks. Same brand of shorts. Same socks. Same shoes. But above the waist, Kimberly gets the midriff, and she gets... And Aisha gets a full sweatshirt. A full sweatshirt. A hoodie. Um, and, and, I mean, it's just like like pooping on her the whole time because, <laughs> <laughs> because later, Kimberly's going to get to be the crane. Right. You know, as in the the bird, bird that is known for its elegance and beauty that is depicted in like countless fairy tales and ballets and et cetera, et cetera. And it's particularly important in like Japanese folklore right. and stories. And so. Aisha's gonna be a bear. <laughs> a big fat furry mm. not like as a young girl, if I was gonna pick an animal that I wanted to be wouldn't be a bear. bear would be at the bottom of the list next to like hippo or something this uh this scene, this scene right here uh zordon s- says that he wants to try to communicate with the rangers to help them and i want to i want to take note of this because alpha 5 is te- he just techno babbled a little bit uh so that he's going to go off and try to put something together so that Zordon can communicate with the Rangers through what, through what he calls the viewing globe. I want you to take note of that because when we come back to it later, we're going to see how ridiculous that, that little thread ends up. Um, and now we've got Ivan Ooze as basically a, what would you say, like a snake oil salesman yeah, type? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hawking his ooze for free uh, to these kids. To give to their parents. Now, his big plan is that he needs workers to dig up his ectomorphicons, which are these giant machines that he built 6,000 years ago Mm -hmm. to take over the world. Uh, The way he's going to get workers is by giving the ooze out, his ooze, which is kind of gross. Yeah, making you think of that South Park episode a little bit too much. Oh, the butters episode. (laughs) I had another note about South Park in my notes. I'll bring it up in a second. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's disgusting. <laughs> Makes you wonder how he's filling those jars. Uh, so he hands out this ooze, and whenever it comes in contact with contact with parents, it turns them into zombies that will do whatever he wants. Right um, now, the weird thing about that to me, besides, besides the thought of how he might be filling the jars exactly, mm, yeah. uh, is that he wants parents specifically. specifically. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It is weird. Why people who have procreated? Because he says in the factory, he's like, "I'm going to get the parents of oh, the Angel parents." Grove. Within the context 
not within the context of the movie, but the context of the movie in and of itself as a children's movie. You know, it's right. Okay, children. Right. Children yeah. are going to hear that and they're going to be like, oh, oh right. People who kids. aren't kids are mommies and daddies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not just adults. And in, in any, any other movie, he would just say the people of Angel Grove. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he specifically says the parents mm-hmm. of Angel Grove. Now, if he wants this plan to work, I don't I don't know why he's putting warnings on the bottles for the adults, because it says fun or safe for children of all ages. Adults beware right on the jar. And we're going to get to see Fred's dad here is going to open up this jar. And I don't know about you, but when I have when I see a jar of mysterious viscous fluid, <laughs> my first uh, inclination is to plunge my hand into it like this well, guy does. Well, my thing about it is this plan is just shot because the parents aren't going to touch this stuff i mean we had this is the 90s gak was everywhere we loved gak so much and i was always begging my parents to buy gak and and they were like no it's gonna get it's gonna get in the carpet you're gonna get it in your clothes and i'm not gonna be able to no we're not buying the and then we would buy the gak after tears oh oh yes the viewing globe turns out the, the the device he wants to use to communicate with power rangers is the tv Ah. It's just around it's around TV. That's this scene good. right here too, where where Ivan Ooze is doing like his little ooze commercial for TV, reminds me of Batman, the the, the first mm. Batman movie, the Tim Burton movie. Love that Joker, where he's trying to sell his what is he trying to sell? Oh, the makeup products or mm-hmm. something like that, or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah, what I know, the, I know the yeah. scene you're talking about. Um, but yeah, like, and then inevitably we would get the gack because there would be lots of crying, and my parents would finally be broken down and um as you do <laughs> and, and and we would get some gack and my parents wanted nothing to do with it the only thing they wanted to do with it was please sit at the table and you can only play with it on the table and if you take it off the table it's in the trash can and <laughs> but they never touched it. They didn't want anything to do with it. Of course not. So why this whole plan is dependent on parents now, touching Gak? I wanted I want to make a note right here. They're about to have their clothes change uh, into their new ninja gear, mm-hmm. and I- I've got to ask: Do you think that the clothes they're wearing right now smell like fucking <laughs> shit or what? Because if you think about the time that's passed from from the beginning of the movie. They jump out of an airplane. Uh-huh, yes. Right? And the right. scene immediately after the airplane, Is they have these clothes on, rollerblading. Rollerblading, yeah. They go from there, they teleport to... Get rid of the knee pads and the, elbow of pads. Of course, of course. They stuff. get rid of the extreme right. safety, and they teleport <laughs> to the command center. And then they teleport to the construction site where it's nighttime. Uh-huh. They fight some things, teleport right. back to the command center. Yes. And this is night. This has been a whole day now. Mm-hmm. Same clothes. It's, it's a morning. whole day filled with skydiving and rollerblading. Skydiving, and rollerblading, monsters. fighting. They go back to the command center. Where and then they... we have to assume the clothes are like still on underneath their suits, right? Unless like their clothes mm. vanish and then they're naked under their suits. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's, there must be chafing. I'm not. I don't know. Um, they go back to the command center where they find Zordon and then they teleport to another planet still wearing the same clothes. They teleport to Phaedos where it's daytime on that planet Mm -hmm. and now it's nighttime on that planet and they've just now changed clothes. So they've basically gone two whole days full of walking around uh, an unknown planet, fighting, Mm -hmm. uh, skydiving, rollerblading, 
and these teenagers must smell like oh, horrible, like rotting dicks, <laughs> like just. <laughs> Terrible, irresponsible, <laughs> stinky, gross teenagers. And that let's don't hope know that they have it. good, like, uh, sanitary habits at this hey, point, and they're you, all wearing deodorant. But you know what's extreme? <laughs> Hygiene. That's extreme. So f- get the fuck on it, Power Rangers. <laughs> extreme Jesus. hygiene. She just she just went through their new spirit animals. <laughs> and Aisha got the bear. She did. Apparently, she passed around the you know the the magic mystic pipe of. Of fucked up itness. I'm sorry. There's there is some some stress in me. Some like un uh, like some issues not dealt with from my childhood of always being the Yellow Ranger when we had to play when we had to when, when we is played it like Power repressed, Rangers. Yeah, it's like some feelings. repressed oh, okay. some repressed anger. I was always the Yellow Ranger because my best friend had brown hair, so she got to be Kimberly. Sure. And and um. <laughs> And so, and the thing about that that was a problem is that I never got to have Tommy as a boyfriend when we played. Did you play with boys? No, of course not. Then what? <laughs> okay, all right, just continue. <laughs> but so, you know, I needed the Yellow Ranger to be cool and to have my spirit animal be a bear or something. <laughs> Come on. So she goes through, right. So Dulcia, the... What what is what does she call herself? The something warrior of this. There's a dog barking outside. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it needs to kindly shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> we're we're recording, dog. Um, uh, what what was I even saying? Oh, so Dulcia. What does she call herself? The something warrior. The, she is the. Uh, I think it's the master warrior. Master warrior. Master warrior of Phaedos. Master warrior of the planet Phaedos, and she's also a human, I guess. Whatever. For some reason, whatever. But she's not capable of traveling outside this small area on the planet that she is confined right. to. She, she she sends the rangers off on their own toward the giant rock penis in the middle of the forest. To monolith. Rock penis. That's it's a synonym. Uh, to 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 get the great power that they're after, uh, and she says that if she goes beyond this point, that she will start. One step. If she goes one step beyond this point, she will start to age as rapidly as Zordon is right now. First of all, I didn't know that Zordon was aging. I thought he was just you know dying. As well, you and do. in the show too, I think he he was dying. I think the way this ties into the to the show, he, like he was dying and didn't have anything to aging specifically. Okay, well she said she said that she would age because, you know, the wow. worst possible thing that could happen to a beautiful young woman is for to get old. her to yeah, get old apparently, yeah. if if this yeah, is to be believed. I understand. Um but yeah, so she sends them off to the giant rock penis, but before she does that, she goes through and she explains what their new spirit animals are. Now they're they're no longer dinosaurs. They're no longer spirit dinosaurs. They have actual animals now. And we mentioned that Aisha's the bear uh, Kimberly's the crane, Tommy's the falcon, uh, Rocky's the ape, mm. Billy's the wolf, That's and cool. then Adam, the Black Ranger, is a frog. Now he's the only one. Characterization. This is it. This it's real characterization. He's the only one who has a problem with his new assigned animal because he's like, man, I got the fucking frog. <laughs> he doesn't say fucking. Uh, he should have. But he should have. <laughs> got the fucking frog. Are you serious? And, Dick, and the way Dulcia like calms him down or like makes it okay is she she says, "Oh, you know the frog that you kiss and it becomes a prince," and she kisses him on the head and he's like, 
Oh, I got a boner now. I'm all right. <laughs> it's cool now. Oh, it could be worse. I could not have a boner and be a frog. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Dulcia says that if she takes one step from, she says, this plateau, mm-hmm. then she'll begin to age. And so I'm just like, okay, this plateau, I guess, that's, I guess we're using this term very loosely, um, but it extends to, I guess, the entire beach that they had a huge entire day-long montage of walking from. But it does not extend into the forest that we can see from where we're standing right now. Right. Okay. But wouldn't the master warrior of a planet be able to at least walk around the whole planet? I, I mean, in order to be a master anything of an entire planet, you would assume that you can go more or less anywhere <laughs> that any other creature could go. Whatever. Right? She's got the coolest costume in the show, in my opinion, and she looks like she's from a she, 70s fantasy movie. She, so she looks like she belongs she's illu- got a illustrated on the cover of a paperback from 1973. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I, I would did, read that when I when when I when they arrive on Planet Phaedos and they we and Tommy and Kimberly have that exchange that you mentioned before. That is actually the point in which I realized that the thing that I mentioned before about the Power Rangers being a unit, like they are in fact one character. They don't have individual characters, uh, and the one character they are is kind of a shitty character that doesn't even really get its own kind of development. Why get parents to do this excavation instead of the construction workers that were there? I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I don't know. I, I can't explain it. Maybe it's because it's easier to get kids to bring the ooze home than it is. We could to have get been making it with ooze. not ooze. I don't know. He could have just sprayed everybody with ooze. Yeah, that would have worked too. Oh, I just got a terrible visual <laughs> about how he might go about doing that. Let's not. Uh, let's <laughs> let's Sorry. not take the podcast Sorry. there. Go ahead. Um, yeah, but no, that when I'm, that's the moment when I was writing my notes because watching this movie and writing my notes, uh, whenever I refer to the Rangers, I always type the Rangers, right? Mm -hmm. Or the teenagers or the group or whatever, because they always do things and make decisions as a group, like I said. And then I found it really strange to actually type out Kimberly and Tommy when they stop and have a conversation Mm -hmm. or when Adam specifically says that he, you know, has some kind of problem with the fact that he's a frog now. I'm just like, oh, wow, it's been like three pages since I've actually typed one of their names because they never do anything as individuals. Right. But I mean, you know what, though? I can't really complain about that because we're talking about a Sentai show. Like, what is a Sentai show if it's not about the team? Yeah. You know? I feel I do feel like this this show came at the exact right time in American culture. And the reason for that, I think the bit a big reason for that is because uh, in the early 90s dinosaurs were everything mm-hmm. dinosaurs were king for, for dinosaurs kids. are about to get cool again dinosaurs I hope I hope so I hope, I hope so. Jurassic World's I a good movie so. I'm I hope it is it, I don't think it will be but oh, God. um don't bring him but in to the, my heart you know in the early in the early 90s of course Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park came out uh, and it was a huge huge fucking deal and that I, I still have very very warm feelings yeah. about that movie yeah. I really really love that yeah. film um and Power Rangers came out about that time. I feel like Haim Saban, who brought this over and, and did his magic with the show, um, knew that there was something in the culture. Oh, that Kimberly needed rescuing work. again. Oh, that's there you go. Big surprise. Uh, so he brings the show over about these 
teenagers who become superpowered soldiers that all have dinosaur themes and pilot big giant assault vehicles that are shaped like dinosaurs that combine to form a bigger monster or a bigger a bigger robot and there was some exposure to that kind of thing uh in america before like we did have voltron over here and we had robotech and stuff like that uh not over here over there in the united states we're in japan (laughs) uh but yeah, I, I think that it came at just the right time. And I think that it's interesting in this... Not interesting, but really fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Careful with those words. Not to mince words. They're not interchangeable. They're walking through this... Uh, now they're fighting the, the monsters or the dinosaur bones. But they're walking through this dinosaur bone graveyard. And one of the characters says, Welcome to Jurassic Park. And I'm like, really? Like, it's obvious what you're going for it's obvious the reason that the power rangers ever became popular in the states to begin with mm. uh and you're just going to take it there you're just going to make what what could have been like a loose right. okay uh, come come to it on your own textual kind of influence right. making it like literal text and saying mm-hmm. this is exactly what you think it is <laughs> it seemed really strange to me uh but yeah, so man, Billy, Billy being all looks like biology finally paid off for you, huh, Tommy? It's kind of an underhanded compliment. <laughs> I think, I think Billy's a little bit bitter. Uh, yeah. at Tommy. Yeah, um, because I mean, uh, you know, but really, though, Billy, come on, like, stop trying to get kids into learning. No, Billy, Billy was way more swole than Tommy back in the day. Yeah. He was way more muscular. But from the look on Tommy's face, he clearly has not been to biology class and maybe doesn't know what that word means. I just, I assume that he doesn't understand anything that's said to him. Looks like, looks like those biology classes paid off for you, huh, asshole? Huh? Huh, yeah? Hey, yeah, Piece thanks, man. Hey, thanks, man. Hey. Hey, hey thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. Right on. I did, I, I did, I do wish we kind of had an internal monologue for Tommy. <laughs> so, like, at the beginning of the movie when Fred's dad is like, you know, this, this charity skydiving thing really... Uh, put a, a breath of of life into into the observatory, and I just want to hear Tommy's internal monologue. Of, I don't know what an observatory is, but it sounds delicious. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, hey, man, thanks. Hey, dude. Hey, thanks, man, dude. Observatory. <laughs> observatory. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, thanks, man. I love I love like every scene, just pretending like he doesn't speak English. <laughs> It makes this movie way, way more enjoyable. It's so funny. This movie is kind of like this isn't. I don't think this movie is a so bad it's good. I think this movie is is if you're. It was in the beginning, like the first thirty or so minutes. I was watching it. I was I was really laughing a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then I just got tired when it get when it turns more into an action movie and there's not as much stuff to laugh at. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it I think it fails as a martial arts movie. I think the choreography is pretty weak. Yeah. Um. The 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 CGI is holy shit terrible. Holy shit, it's bad. We just saw some the two ectomorphicons that Mm -hmm. I think that they're called that that Ivanu's just brought to life. Looks like. Oh my god! I can't believe that this movie came out like four years after Jurassic Park. And bad. the dialogue is so bad; it's not funny. I mean, like it's it's not. It doesn't get to that like uh, the room kind of level no, where no, no, it's no, no, so no. It's, it's so it's, bad that it's, it's funny. N- it's not incompetence. It comes from a place of maybe 
trying trying to be funny well clear competence in american uh you know idioms and Mm -hmm. american cultural and cultural phrases and things like that but they're all used as the worst kind of cliches there's nothing creative and there's trying to be like like like, the kind of shit that they rehash is like like uh uh have a nice trip see you next fall yeah yeah and um and the bad guys Ivanus and and uh what gold goldor goldar goldar yeah. um like they're the bad guys comments are just they're just horrible i mean they're trying to do like adult humor and stuff like it's clearly they're clearly comments that kids that i didn't understand mm-hmm. as a kid and that weren't funny to me that were clearly geared toward the parents but they're so awful what one of the ones we just had a minute ago was yeah i had a week back about a week back yeah and it's really just terrible. really cringeworthy. It's we, awful. We could, and I did want to mention this because uh, when talking about a bad movie, it's it's here's Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes, by the way. we are at Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, when talking about a bad movie, I think that a lot of the joy of it comes from riffing on things that are said in the movie and really bad deliveries and lines of dialogue and stuff like that. But there is. Not a single good performance in this entire film. Uh, Maybe not a single good line of dialogue in this entire film. It's all real hacky uh, Mm. and not in a funny kind of, oh, that's incompetence. It's just like, oh, I've heard that a million times. It's worn out. Really cliche. really tired. Now, granted, we're looking at this from... We could spend the entire episode just talking about, just just repeating all of the stupid lines that they say. All of the quips. All of the quips that and they go we through. we would get nowhere. It's just, it's pointless. Because it's not funny. It's they're not They're strong, funny. but they're not too smart. Talk about a splitting headache. Eight ball, corner pocket, time to rock and roll. Just on and on and it's on non-stop. and on. It's nonstop. I think One kick, one comment. Yeah, that's what you said yesterday. You said it, it goes in a pattern of one kick, one comment. Um... I don't know in this in this scene, I feel like the Rangers spend more time running away from the monsters than they do actually fighting them. But that's maybe that's just me. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. Like there was a part of me, I think I did revisit this movie. I don't know, five or six years ago. Um, I think I found the DVD for real cheap at Walmart, and I'm like, oh, I liked this movie when I was a kid, and I took it home and watched it. And I think I didn't really pay attention to it. I was like, yep, that's the movie that I liked when I was a kid, and that that was about it. Yeah. Um, but watching this now, there I had kind of an outstanding hope that above all else, this would be kind of a fun martial arts movie. Mm. That there would be some cool, you know, fighting set pieces, some cool choreography, yeah, uh, with people jumping around in in weird ranger suits and doing stuff. And while their mobility is good, and the actors. Uh, that they cast as the Rangers are clearly not they were, actors. Yeah, they were clearly hired for their their martial arts abilities and, and their not athletic abil- right, ability. Right, their athletic their, abilities. I mean, they're I, martial artists and gymnasts. They're, they to are. give them credit in the scenes like these where they don't have the suits on, and I don't know who's actually in the suits if they're stunt people or I'm not or sure. what. I don't know. I couldn't find it on the internet, but um, but like when we can see their faces and clearly it's them doing these moves. They do some impressive stuff. They do some some jumps and some flips and some things that they're doing by themselves. And that's, you know, that's cool. But but you're right. I, as a whole, the martial arts are subpar. So. Oh, yeah. Real weak. Really, really weak. 
Um, let's talk about the actors. I do want to talk about the actors a little bit. Uh, of course, before 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 you get into that though, because we're about to be gone from there, I do also want to say that I appreciate this movie going for a touch of classic seventies fantasy, because it, it, it's not just in that girl; it's in this whole. It does planet. have a little bit. That's true. It do, it does go for that a little bit, um, which I think is outside of what maybe the original show, yeah. the ori- not even just the original American show, but the Japanese show mm-hmm. uh, is outside of what they might do. And and I think it's cool because this movie could have been a lot more cliche and boring than it is. That's true. I, I mean, and to be fair, if you can say anything positive about this movie, it's that it showed us something of Power Rangers that we had never even remotely seen before. Mm. Um, nothing like this we had ever seen in the TV show, like locations like this or anything. So uh, they did, I think, make pretty good use of their budget, which wasn't very much. Uh, I think it was like maybe, I think it was maybe a $15 million budget. Real low, real low for a movie. Um, And you can really tell in the CGI. And as I heard, it was a financial success too. Yeah, I think it made like $66 million worldwide Mm. or something. So yeah, it was definitely a financial success. Um. I did want to point out that in that scene, there are some remarkably horrible ways to die. Yeah. Uh, for those monsters, uh, yeah. one of them burns alive in acid. Another one gets crushed by boulders. Was it acid? And or... one gets split in half vertically with like a sword or some shit. Yes. Was was it acid, or was he just a lava monster and fell in water, and somehow that killed him? I don't know, but one of them. I know the one you're talking about where like they kicked him off the ledge and he fell into the wall. Lava, lava monsters. Yeah, Adam or somebody called him a lava monster. I thought he I thought they called him something else, like a, lo- a lava head. He called him a lava, lava head, head or something. Oh, I don't know. Um I do want to talk about the actors a little bit uh because uh, this was actually a topic proposed by uh Joachim, I'm going to butcher your name, man. I'm sorry. Uh Joachim Lutherikenberg on Facebook. Uh, and so let's talk about the main Rangers a little bit. Jason David Frank, of course, who plays Tommy, is a success, as I understand it, a successful MMA fighter who still kind of rides the Power Rangers thing, mm. uh, mostly as the Green Ranger. I think that he 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 identifies more as the Green Ranger than he does the White Ranger for whatever reason. Whatever. Although he did play a Red Ranger later in the franchise as well. Uh, there's David Yost, which is uh, an interesting story, who plays Billy. Um, he's acted a bit since this, but, uh, he quit the show after being harassed for being gay. Yeah, I had heard that. And he did this interview where he talked about he had comp- he contemplated taking his own life and ended up going to a program called Pray the Gay Away, which Damn. of course is, doesn't work and is bullshit. Um, but yeah, like he, he was harassed, I mean... No, I'm not, not not to say that I'm very surprised from a, a show created by people who thought it would be a good idea to put an Asian in a mm-hmm. yellow yes, costume and a, and a black person in a black costume. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, that's true. But uh, Or either thought it would be a good idea or didn't notice that it was a bad idea. Oh, that's our hint. Our hint was the shot of Dulcia as an owl. And uh, Asha Brad- Bradford on Facebook, our friend Asha, uh, she got it correctly, and she wants us to plug her YouTube channel, which you can find at Ash Bradford. Um, just search for that on YouTube. And she does want us, want us to give an adult content warning for that. So go check it out, but only... If you are an adult. Only if you're old enough to... Because she is an adult. Watch Power Rangers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. Seriously, that's that's a serious thing, I guess. Um, so let's go back to the actors. So we've got... 
Uh, Amy Jo Johnson, who of course plays Kimberly, she did some acting outside of this. I think she's arguably the most successful. What was that cute movie she was in? Susie Q. Yes. Made for TV Disney movie. That I was remember totally liking cute. that. I remember liking that too. It's probably awful. It probably is. But I, but that, I liked it that, as a child. That might be a good one to do for this month. Uh, but I, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember liking it. I remember mm. it being really cute. Uh, but she's like kind of a jack of all trades now as far as an entertainer goes. She's an actress, singer, songwriter. Gymnast, of course, is how she got this gig, I'm sure. Uh, she's done some producing and directing and screenwriting and stuff like that. Just a little bit, though. A little bit of everything. Uh, I think her main focus right now is as a singer-songwriter. Um, mm. She most recently did this thing where uh, David Yost actually challenged her to sing somewhere outdoors in her Pink Ranger costume. So okay. there are pictures of her in her Pink Ranger costume with a guitar singing. I'm sure that that outside. longtime fanboys just died for right, that yeah, of course uh, then there's Steve Cardenas who plays Rocky the Red Ranger he is an award winning martial artist who hasn't acted outside of the Power Rangers franchise at all uh, Karen Ashley who is basically a, I mean you can say this about just about anyone who was a Power Ranger it is just a a graveyard of careers just a graveyard <laughs> of acting careers but she's basically a failed actress her last credit was in 2010 and almost all of, or almost half rather, of her her credits are Power Rangers related. Now, I would say probably the most successful Ranger of all mm. uh, is Johnny Young Bosch, who plays Adam the Black Ranger in this movie. He is quite the prolific voice actor now. Quite oh, the really? Prolific. And he, he has done a ton of anime, like English dubs for anime and stuff. In fact, that's where a lot of people like in, in anime fandom did, know him Who from. did we see? We saw one of the... Black Rangers at a at a convention back in the states years ago. Johnny Young Bosch, was probably. it him? Yeah, I bet it was. Almost definitely. Yeah, so uh, I would say that he's arguably the most successful person who stayed in entertainment. Second, being probably Jason David Frank because he has a successful MMA career. Mm-hmm. That dude is he is ripped. He is ripped and scary looking now. Yeah, like he's covered man. in tattoos. He looks like a badass. Man, if my childhood, so I would not be making like funny haha jokes in front of him. Like if seri- I saw him, it, it, like I can make him behind a microphone right now. I don't. But- I don't know if you saw it, but I, I think uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Justin. I can't remember. Justin Lin. I think Justin Lin is his name. He made a trailer, like a fan. He's an actual filmmaker, but he made a fan trailer for a gritty reboot of Power, the Power Rangers franchise uh-huh. called Power Slash Rangers. Like it has a slash in there. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's glorious. It's marvelous. You got to look it up. It's it's real. It's really good and over the top. And I, they took down. I think he had to take down the version that had nudity. But there was like a version that had like <laughs> the version that had nudity. There was like a version with like supermodels with huge fake boobs in it and stuff like that. It's Fantastic. really over the top. But if they ever wanted to do, and apparently they're working on it, like a dark, gritty, you know, grim, dark reboot of. The Power Rangers. Franchise. I mean, that's the thing now, right? Is to go back and do like a super yeah, oh, realistic, absolutely. like gritty version of childhood stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I seriously think that Jason David Frank could be in it. He should. I still think he could. I think he could because he's. And he, oh my god, the fans would just oh, eat it would up. Shit, they would shit themselves. Uh, so yeah, we're we're closing in on the end of this movie. We got about twenty minutes left. This is the last big action sequence, and this is probably. My biggest issue with this movie, probably my biggest issue with this movie, has to do with uh, with this ending. Now, 
this ending, the moment that the Zords come out, they get their new Zords, which are the big, you know, robotic assault vehicles, uh, and they're using them to fight Ivan Ooze's uh, robotic monster guys, the Ectomorphicons, which are named Scorpitron and Hornitron, Horneron. I don't, I don't know, something like that. That's good. Close enough. Sure. Nailed it. And uh, all right, yeah. This is where the movie totally and completely misses the point of what makes tokusatsu shows so much fun: guys in giant robot and monster suits fighting and destroying miniature cities. Yes. The fact that those old shows, the original Power Rangers show and all of the Japanese shows that they're based on, the fact that all of that is practical is part of the charm. Mm -hmm. And not only did they change it to CG, change it to like, you know, Hollywood CGI effects, but the CGI is so fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really unbearable. It is so, so bad. I mean, I hate that my eyes are on this screen right now. It makes me kind of want to dig them out of my head. It And it's, it's so sad. Like, you... To me, you want this ending fight scene to be like really awesome, super detailed robot mm-hmm. costumes in a miniature city just yep. wrecking shit. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they've, they're have they going for something a bit more American or a bit more Western in this fight scene. Uh, not only with the CG, but the fact that they're fighting at night. That's something mm-hmm. that they never did in the TV show. The TV show always took place in broad daylight. Yeah. Um, every time they fought a monster, it was in the middle of the day. So, how does this kid know how to drive a monorail? Uh, I mean, how hard could it be? It goes two directions. I'm sure you got to have like a passcode or a key or something. <laughs> he needs a uh, he needs what's his name Westridge from Anaconda to show him how to do it. Ah, uh, yes, the true. Black knobs go forward and back, mm-hmm. and right? Um, it's like driving a Cadillac. It, it also why is everyone gone from the city? Because I guess because of this fight going on. Um, sure, yeah. But these kids, no one took responsibility for them. Well, their parents are zombies. I know their parents are zombies. They're they're still children out in the streets and police officers and, like, you know, EMTs and stuff. Like, public officials didn't see that there were, there was a huge group of children. I want to see all of... needed to be evacuated. I want to see all of the non-breeders come out and save the day because they're the only responsible adults left in the city that aren't under Ivan Ooze's control. Right. And then Ivan's like, damn it, why didn't I think of the people who Zombifying haven't... Zombifying everyone yeah, instead of just parents? Why didn't I think of the people who haven't procreated? Well, it's still such a weird it is. thing, isn't it? It is. Um, like, if they had done something with the kids, if they had done something with the kids causing havoc or... Billy just, Oh, my God. Billy just got squirted with ooze, and he goes, ah, oozed. And I just want to say, Billy, I love you, but you're no Peter Venkman. <laughs> you just can't you can't pull it off oh, although to be fair god this Peter all Lincoln looks so bad oh this part right here this was this was the the source of much sadness in my childhood the falcon zord here clearly shoots missiles out of its wings the red things in its wings are clearly missiles mm-hmm, because it yeah. just fired them okay i had that toy when i was a kid i had the falcon zord toy mm-hmm. when i was a kid and I was super disappointed when the missile part of the toy, the little red tips at the mm-hmm. end of the wings, they didn't shoot out. They didn't light up. They didn't do fuck all. <laughs> it was a piece of shit toy. And I'm, I just want that on the record. I have to get that out there is that that Falcon's Zord toy was a piece of garbage. Okay. If we're talking about childhood things, then I'm going to have to talk about the fact that 
I was doing research last night and I learned some stuff. So, so Kimberly leaves the Power Rangers to pursue her career in gymnastics. Yeah. And, um, or whatever. And she's replaced by Catherine, who became the first character that I got to play in Power Rangers that I was really excited about because I got to turn into a cat and I was allowed to play her because and, and she o- had blonde hair. Were like you the only me. one who, uh, could pull off the Australian accent? Uh, and I would do that. Yeah. Oh, my. Are you I, serious? Oh, I am so serious. Give us a taste. No way. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, no Alpha 5, no cat. Yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh, but apparently, um, Kimberly sent Tommy, I think I remember this, I think I remember this, that Kimberly sent Tommy a letter at the juice bar and broke up with him through the letter. Through a letter? Yeah, saying she, she was dating someone else. She sent him a Dear in, John letter? Yeah, saying she was dating someone else oh, in Florida. that's, um, that's and cold. I guess it was around then that I started to get too old for Power Rangers and moved on to Lois and Clark. That's a weird thing to move on to, but okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, anyways, so like it was around then that I stopped watching. But, oh my gosh, I learned last night that if I had just hung on for a little longer, um, I would have gotten to play as with Tommy being my boyfriend because eventually Tommy started dating Kat in the show. Oh, did he? Yeah, the girl who replaced Kimberly. He started he, dating the next Pink Ranger. He must have a thing for Pink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's bullshit, and I'm just gonna say that. Uh, okay. So, so we got the kids. This, see, this is a miniature. Do you see that? See that wonderful miniature right there? I mean, it looks like shit, but at least it's tangible, right? Yes. That little train. This little train set right here. Look at that. They bought that at Toys R Fucking Us. They did, they and did. it looks better than the CG. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. By a lot. It's so much more charming, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've got this fucking computer-animated monstrosity in there. Okay, I love Bulk and Skull. I mean, I don't love them. I don't love anything in this movie, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's relative, I guess. Um, what are they doing hanging out with kids? That's, that was my question. Creepy, it right? Is. It's it pretty is. creepy. And like I, I mean, like I said, I stopped. I stopped watching after. I guess it would have been after the second season. Whenever Kimberly leaves, I don't know if that's second or third season. But yeah, I stopped watching around third. then. And Bulk and Skull stayed on for way longer than that. And and the kids kept being the same age, and they kept getting older. And I can't mm-hmm. picture that because I didn't watch the later seasons. So I, I don't know. But man, that. Like, how did they explain that away? Because they weren't in high school with them anymore. So what were they doing hanging out with them when they were eventually like 15 years okay. older than All right. them? All right. I'm bulk your skull. Okay. I'm bulking your skull. Uh-huh. Hey, skull, you know you know what I love about Power Rangers? Oh, what's that? I keep getting older and they stay the same age. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> and then I just laugh and say something <laughs> about you being a, a... It was a movie reference. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um... Okay, I want to give credit where credit's due. Tommy, Tommy, right? Not Jason. Tommy flies his Falcon Zord, combines with the Ninja Megazord, mm-hmm. giving it wings. Yes. And the first thing they do, the first thing that they decide to do is fly to, to space. outer space. Fly to space so that they can lead Ivan away from doing any more damage to the city. That's right? good. First decision. That's more than we can say. From Superman. For fucking man of steel mm-hmm. yeah. power rangers got that shit right like 20 years before they're teenagers <laughs> they're te- 
And they're brainless. Yeah. Tommy doesn't even speak English. <laughs> An observatory key. <laughs> you got any leftover observatory key? <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Don't hey, joke thanks. about him. He's going to come kick your ass. Thanks, man. It's delicious. We yeah, got to be careful. That's true. He's scary. <laughs> So there, uh, so so Billy's Billy because he's the brains. Uh, he he's got this great idea to lead Ivan in front of a comet that was mentioned early in the movie. So it's is it called Ivan's comet? And in- no, it's called something else like Bob's comet. I don't know. It's uh, I thought I don't think it was something real. close like Ivan or Kyvan or something like that. Ivan or Kyvan. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. So they Fred at the beginning of the of the movie he mentioned something. In relationship, in relation to the observa turkey, that you, <laughs> that they that the observa turkey is going to be complete in time for them to see this comet. Yeah, it's that's like, coming. hey, do you remember that comet that we talked about at the beginning of this movie? No. Okay. Well, that's going to be um, the ending of this movie. Right. Yes, that's the uh, that's the Deus Ex Machina, if you will. Um, but they set it up so is and it really also a Deus Ex blowing blowing up this comet. We definitely won't have any repercussions like creating millions of tiny meteors that will do catastrophic damage upon the Earth because their trajectory is like set off course by exploding it next to the Earth. Yes. So definitely a great idea. Definitely. Uh, I said something before that I want to take back. I think there's one line in this movie that kind of works because it gave me the feeling that I wanted to laugh. I didn't laugh, but it gave me the feeling that I wanted to. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's the, so it was almost successful. Uh, it's, and it has something to do with the voice. So we've got Rita's voice is already pretty hilarious because it's just this gravelly, terribly overdubbed. Hey, and cool that thing. they got the that they that they got the voice actors, the American voice actors, to do the the movie. It is cool, but it's kind of weird because, of course, that's one of the remnant, the more obvious remnants from the original show. That's pretty obvious that the show was made in Japan. Is that Rita Repulsa is a ja- is played Zed. by a Japanese actress who is dubbed over by an American actress and her her lines don't match. So what they do in this movie is they hire a, a Latina actress. Uh, I can't remember her name. I've got it in my notes somewhere, but fuck it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they hire a, a, a Hispanic actress to play Rita Repulsa, but they dub over her lines with the same actress that plays her in the show, mm. right? Uh, so she's actually speaking the lines that we hear except it's just a little bit off mm. like it's like bad ADR. So the the voice is kind of hilarious to begin with. And the line she says is that right after she gets put into the snow globe by Ivan Ooze, she's put into a slow, snow globe with Lord Zed uh, and Goldar and the pig guy say that they're going to they're going to follow uh, Ivan Ooze mm-hmm. and she says don't listen to that purple booger. Uh-huh. And I almost laughed. I didn't. I almost did. It was just, it was the voice, and I don't know, it was just, it hit me the right way. Well, I so, mean, you still are a boy, so. Well, that's, that's true. Um, Yeah, her Madonna tits, we didn't mention that. That's true. Nor did we de- mention that Zed, Lord Zed, or whatever his name is, and we're, of course, not talking about the musician. Oh, not, not Zed. The but male right. interesting that that name is now popular again. Um. Mm. But I wonder if he got his influence from from the Power Rangers. Maybe 
clearly. Uh, and Zed's costume is also crazy too. Like he's got brains sticking out at yeah, the top, he's like, and he's, he's like no muscle. skin. He's like and he's got no skin, and he's got brains sticking out of his head. Weird, right? Very strange. Um, I, I looked up. I didn't know this because weirdly, like I watched this movie. I went to the theater. Like I said, my father took me to see this this movie with my brother. Uh, and when I went to see this in the theater, three of these rangers were strangers to me. Ranger stranger. Uh, Adam, Rocky, and Aisha, I didn't know because I had more or less gotten out of the Power Rangers by the time the movie came out, but mm. I still considered myself enough of a fan that I wanted to see this. So I went to see it, and I'm like, who are these jokers? I don't know who these motherfuckers are at all, right? Yeah. So I, after this movie came out, I didn't really follow Power Rangers after that. This was kind of the end of mm. my love for Power Rangers. Uh, and last night I was looking stuff up, and I looked up, like the episode where apparently Zordon is killed for good because they're bringing Zordon back to life right now because he's not dead. Of course he's not dead. But he, apparently in the episode where he dies, he tells someone to kill him by smashing his power tube that his face floats in. Mm -hmm. And it releases a wave of good energy that is so powerful that it turns Rita and Lord Zed into humans. Uh Uh-huh. And so Rita just turns into a pretty Asian lady and Zed turns into a white guy and they... With like a with like a sweater tied around his neck, like the whitest guy imaginable. Ascot. And they just yeah, kind of, uh, and and they just dance away, and it's I don't know, it's such like such a weird end for the villains of this this long running show. Um. So we saw the Fred and his dad reunite. Yes. And I mean, you know, kind of kind of progressive that we're left to assume nothing but the possibility that this is a son and a single father. So that's yeah, interesting. that's kind of what I got. Too bad there was no problem to fix in this family that made the son saving the father and reuniting at the end mean any fucking thing at all. Right. Um, but that would have required them writing to, a story. Would require them to set up some kind of conflict, characterization, between, yeah, anything, a conflict, plot. right? Um. So you know that takes time. Yeah. Um. I, I, we didn't mention it, but uh, the way that they ended up beating Ivan was they did, in fact, put him in the path of the oncoming comet. But the way that they broke away from him was by hitting the emergency ball kick button. Ah. Uh, because apparently if you kick a robot in the nuts, mm-hmm. then it has nuts to be kicked. <laughs> it, I don't know. And like, it makes a farting noise. And, then... and also, what giant robotic combat humanoid vehicle thing would be complete without a button that kicks your opponent in the, in the balls. balls. Yes. It's dedicated. Like someone had to break glass. I think it was Billy. Billy had to break glass uh-huh. in order to access the button. So Billy's in charge of ball kicking apparently. <laughs> That's one of his duties as a Power Ranger. Oh, He's the smart How do these one. teenagers afford lobster and shrimp? And where know. are their parents? That's a really good question. I think that's that's more important. That's not so important. I think in regard to them being Power Rangers and putting their life on the line constantly, as much as it would be, I think that's something that they would keep kind of close to the vest, hidden. It's a secret thing. It's mm-hmm. a whole clandestine, you know, heroes superhero thing. Right? I'm glad the Cindy city is spending its money uh, uh, correctly and not rebuilding, but doing a fireworks well, show. Yeah, of course. Um, but the beginning of the movie when they are not. As Power Rangers, when they are doing a charity skydiving event uh, as themselves, mm-hmm. as teenagers, yes, 
I mean, somebody's going to have to sign some forms uh-huh, or something. Yeah. Because... I mean, these kids can't even get piercings without mommy. <laughs> right, exactly. No <laughs> tattoos, nothing. Definitely um, not allowed to legally drink or smoke a cigarette. Oh, you know they're getting fucked up on the weekend. Somebody's got to have an older brother. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Somebody always does. Yeah, this, this but is... But a... yeah, it, no parents. No parents. And... um. Like, are they all orphans? And then there was a scene in the beginning of this movie where where Zordon was in trouble, and I think it was Kimberly's like, you've been a father to us. And I'm like, that's because you don't have a parents. Father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and we get kind of a mid credit stinger here where Goldar has taken the throne of whatever this moon base is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Rita and, and Zed return. Uh, Z for Zed, not for Zorro. Right, yes, not for Zorro. And still no Mighty Morphin on the oh, title. Oh, good. Card. The song. This is one of the more memorable things from this movie. Is this song? Is the song uh, "Trouble" by Shampoo? Oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we didn't talk about the the one thing I wanted to say. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning about Skull and Bulk. Right. Ha- being normal people, number one, not right. having any interdimensional no special alien powers. special... They might be pedophiles, but that's... That's beside the point. Yes. Um, the company they keep aside. Uh, but they are regular people and look like the only adults are almost adults in the city that are... Let's be fair. The ooze should have worked on Bulk and Skull. But they're not parents. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. As far as we know. Well. Um, and and they they do play like a significant role in saving the parents and helping the children. Yeah. And you know, saving the city. And so, so I mean, come on, like, and they well, were the, normal people. Yeah, they are. And at the end of the movie, of course, the city spends a lot of money on fireworks and has this giant sign that says "Thank you, Power Rangers." And Bulk and Skull are like, thank you, power, thank you, Bulk and Skull. And I'm kind of like, yeah, thank you, Bulk and thank Skull. Thank you, Bulk and Skull, for first of all jumping out of an airplane for charity. Yeah, they're like the bad guy bullies, right? And the cowards, such they're such cowards. They're like crying like babies and saying, "I want my mommy." When they jump out of the airplane, and I'm like, dude, I don't know if I could jump out of an airplane for anybody. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. They insinuate that the kid here at the end of this movie might be a Power Ranger later. He doesn't, he but another doesn't, kid but does. But another kid does. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? I do. That was one of the more weird things. That, that that was also, I guess, I said that this movie represents the end of my Power Rangers fandom. And I wouldn't say that it caused the end of it. I would just say that it just by happenstance. But I did see the second movie. And the second movie is, uh, what is it, a, a Turbo movie? A Power mm, Rangers? Yeah, Power Rangers Turbo. Power Rangers Turbo something. movie. Or it's like Power Rangers, a Turbo movie. All I remember like about it is a scene where Kimberly gets like tied up by natives or something and carried away. Is like... Kimberly in that? I don't think she's in that. Yeah. No, she's not. Yes. She can't yes. be. Yes. It's impossible. Yes. No, she's in it because I remember this scene of it's her Kat. getting. No, it's, I'm like really sure it's Kimberly. It's definitely, it's definitely Kat because Kimberly leaves in the middle of the season that this started. And where they're the Ninja Rangers, Turbo Cat? Turbo is I really after Ninja. It was Kimberly. I think it's Cat. Uh, but yeah, the Blue Ranger. The Blue Ranger uh, after Billy leaves, uh, the Blue Ranger becomes this little kid. And the weird thing about him is that when he tra- he's only like twelve years old in the show. When he transforms into his Power Ranger suit, he becomes an adult. Yes. Or he becomes adult sized or grown teenager sized, like post pubescent, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really weird to me. I mean, I. I 
I feel like <laughs> that would cause a lot of internal strife. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you suddenly get big and get some hair on your nuts like in half a second and you're like, what are these feelings? Oh, what's going on? I feel weird. Look at the pictures. Kimberly in the Power Rangers movie. I'm not a liar. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's really strange. I thought it was Kat. Yeah, by see, that. and look at this scene right here. That's what I'm talking about. She gets like tied up by natives and like like in fantasy movie like hostage style with weird. her being like carried off and it was it was really weird. Well, again, her getting tied up. And the thing is is that when she finally leaves the show, uh she she told the producers that she wanted to leave the show. So they wrote a 10 episode arc for her leaving and the central plot of the 10 episode arc was her getting captured mm-hmm. she was captured for like 10 episodes and the other rangers had to come help her and cat was like evil and then cat mm-hmm. became good and she gave her powers to cat so yeah. that she could leave yeah, or whatever I remember but all that vaguely her big send-off was getting captured getting captured again yeah um and also the last thing i want to say is that in the show they you know, they had to deal with the characters having new ninja powers or whatever. Right. And they did, but by just making up a whole different story and just like redoing it. They did in the in the show that they did they did that. And in the movie it's also weird. And it's the same way in the show because they become the ninja rangers, but their Power Rangers costumes are still dinosaur, the dinosaur. themed. Yeah, so the magic has the power to give them ninja clothes, but not ninja suits. Right. I mean, and there's some weirdness there anyway, because Apparently, the whole Ninja Ranger thing in Japan, or the second series in Japan, all of the Rangers had different suits, and that's where the White Ranger comes from. The White mm-hmm. White Tiger Ranger comes from. Uh, but in the American version, they just added the White Tiger Ranger to the old crew. So there's some there's a little bit of mixing going on. I think the more recent ones stay pretty close in line, but those early seasons are kind of back and forth and wishy-washy on what stuff they used from the old show. And yeah. I think it's more streamlined now, probably. Um, I would not recommend this movie. No. Mm-mm. To anybody. It's anything that you think might be fun about this movie, it absolutely fucking gets wrong. Like yeah. there's nothing, Not even, it's not so bad, it's good. It's just a slog. Uh, and it's kind of fun in over 90s and extreme for like 20 minutes. And then after that, it and then just, it just gets becomes boring. A, yeah, it's boring. It's mind numbing. Yeah, it's really mind numbing. It really was. I mean, like when I've gone back and and revisited some of my nostalgia picks from childhood. From time to time, there are movies that that meet it. Like they do it right. Like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. We've That's talked true. about that before. It was good. But we'll be doing this, that on a future. This episode. is um, this it's is a, not one of them. So thanks for this. Um, <laughs> Now that we've reached the end of the movie, we'd like uh, to read a five-star review that we received on Stitcher. This review comes from Lilia Levy. I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. It's the perfect mix of witty banter and movie information. Dustin and Jessica really make you feel like you're watching the film with them. They not only deliver with fascinating information, but provide light and airy commentary, comedy commentary. I would recommend to anyone looking for something to put on while working or those looking for a cinematic adventure with friends. Keep up the awesome work, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very nice. That's nice. If you'd like to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher, we'll read it on the show. And remember, high ratings equal exposure for our little podcast. So we really appreciate those five stars. As always, you can find us on our website at popcornpoops.com. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook if you'd like to receive updates about the show, including our weekly movie still identification game. If you have a question, comment, or movie request for us, you can reach us on our social media outlets or by emailing us at thepopcornpoops at gmail.com. 
Next week, we'll be continuing our month of terrible movies we loved as kids with Steve Rash's 1993 film, Son-in-Law. If you have any questions about that movie or related topics you'd like us to discuss, please contact us through social media or email. Thanks for listening, and until next time, take care. Bye-bye. We are the Popcorn Peeps. Hello, everybody. On behalf of Nick, Joe, and Vern, we would like to invite you back for a brand new season of the As You Watch podcast. In our upcoming season, we will be talking about franchises, trilogies, and series of movies that you will recognize and some that you may not. We will also continue to post fun and insightful interviews with many people in the world of entertainment, as well as feature a lot of great guests from other sites and podcasts. So be sure to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podomatic, and on Facebook. And don't forget to check out our older episodes on our site, asyouwatch.wordpress.com.